0: Okay, let's talk uh, this afternoon about, uh, continuing and talking about Bereshit themes, let's talk about this uh, afternoon about challenges. And uh, well, quickly you'll understand the vantage point from which I'm coming, and hopefully as we develop it, we'll make our way to understanding where I see, or where we will see together, this concept of challenges in Sefer Bereshit and how to maximize those uh, circumstances. But first, in terms of my general perspective on challenges, I'll just give two uh, brief thoughts about it. Uh, Firstly, I'll tell you a story, I've told it before, once or twice, about my uh, son. Uh, My oldest son has... What's that? Math. Math, yes. I've I've talked about his math. math as well. But he also, in addition to being a genius at math, as Ellie says, he also has ADHD. And uh, the, the joke I've made about his ADHD, at least when he was younger, is that, you know, in math, when you put the bar over a number, so he has ADHD, he had, with a bar over the HD. So he's to say he was very hyperactive all the time, under all circumstances, which caused, in many circumstances and situations, for myself and my wife, a lot of difficulties and. I don't know, I guess his early years raising him, but we we roughed through it, we we worked on it, we understood him, we uh, tried our he's, best. He's now he's much less, um, for a variety of reasons. But uh, when he was starting in Yeshiva Flapush, There is no medicine to it? There is, there is. When we lived in, in, in Manhattan, we lived in Washington Heights, he was in school, he was kind of younger. We came to Brooklyn, he went to Yeshiva Flatbush, and he was in kindergarten, maybe even just beginning first grade, and his behavior and his ability to hold back from his compulsions was very very difficult for him and as a result affected the whole atmosphere and certainly the teachers as well. And so my wife and I were called into uh, the psychologist in the elementary school to discuss this matter with her. And I was very defensive. For a while I was very defensive about this in terms of explaining, well, you have to understand our child. Maybe it's a problem with you guys. Maybe you don't know how to treat it appropriately. Maybe you have to understand things differently and treat it. That was my general approach. And I remember it like yesterday because it was a really important moment for me when the psychologist stared me squarely in the eyes and said, listen, Rabbi Harari, here's what I want you to understand. There's nothing to be defensive about over here. Your son clearly has this hyperactive tendencies. Um, uh, Don't look at them necessarily and simply as negative. Be able to understand that he can channel that same activity and hyperactivity forward many positive things, many of the most successful people, and she gave me many names, that we all know in the larger world and in our smaller world and community live with ADHD, but are the most successful people specifically because of their ADHD. Imagine what your son can be because of all his energy. Let's just work together to channel it positively. It was, for me and for my wife, a pretty important moment in terms of parenting, in terms of understanding our son, but more than anything in hindsight, in terms of understanding challenges. Here was a circumstance where we were faced with a challenge, where my son is faced with a challenge. How do you deal with the challenge? Do we work to prevent that circumstance, to run away from it? Oftentimes you can't, and even if you could... Should no. you not no. face it down and be able to repurpose, to reorient, to find the positive in it? In fact, I'm reminded as I'm talking to you right now, there's a book, I'm not sure which one of his books by Malcolm Gladwell. and in it he describes how, if I'm not mistaken, many of the greatest CEOs have dyslexia. And in yeah. talking about this, many of the greatest CEOs President have dyslexia. Does you know could be. Now he says the tendency of people when they hear that is to say wow all these individuals overcompensated all these individuals even though they had dyslexia look at what they were able to accomplish his argument was maybe it's specifically because of their dyslexia that they made it to where they were having dyslexia forces one to focus more focus uh, forces us to focus all of our energies if you have this difficulty and in turn to understand to perceive to open up your mind to possibilities that someone like me who doesn't have dyslexia might overlook which means to say again taking a challenge and being able not only to view it through a negative perspective and lens, but being able to see it positively and just knowing how to channel it. So that's really what I'd like to talk together with you about and specifically within the perspective and uh, with this theme in Sefer Bereshit. I'll begin with two odd and perplexing as well, Midrashim. Take a look at these two Midrashim. The first Midrash is from Bereshit Rabba, Right at the beginning of the Torah. Of course, the first Pasuk in the Torah says, Bereshit vara Elohim et ha-shamayim And the Chachamim, looking at that word Bereshit, seek to understand more than just in the beginning. They don't understand Bereshit seems to be in or because of Reshit. So the world, the heavens, and earth were created because of Reshit. What's Reshit? So one interpretation, if you look at Rashi at the very onset of his perush torah is Reshit is a reference to Yisrael, the Pasuk elsewhere refers to Yisrael as being Reshit. Another interpretation is Reshit is a reference to the Torah. These are beautiful interpretations. The world was created for Torah, for Yisrael. The world was created here. Take a look here. Amar bi-banai haolam nivra torah the next statement, Rabbi Moshe, Shene Reshit, Lo. Reshit, a reference in one way or another to Moshe. I mean, each one of these we understand, it needs to be broken down what they mean. But listen to this odd statement. Ravuna Bishem Amar, The world was created, Kivyachol, in some sense, for three things. What are they? Shut Hala. Hala. of course, we know Hafrashat Hala, when a person makes bread. So they have to remove some of it. Ubischut ma'asrot, ma'aser, of course, meaning tithing your grain. Ubischut <inaudible> bikurim, which means your first fruits being brought to the mikdash. Now they're going to bring proof text for each one of these, that each one of these mitzvot is referred to in the Torah with the word reshit. Halaez reshit arisotechem. Ma'aseres reshit deganecha, Bikurima reshit bikure <inaudible> admatecha. So from a technical aspect, it all works out. But fundamentally, philosophically, what's the statement? The Torah was created for Maser, for halah, for bikurim? What type of statement is that? Any of the mitzvot could have gone if, that, if we're arguing along. this Somehow all these mitzvot, which have something to do with the ground, are in some way or fashion envisioned as having been the purpose of creation. How strange. How odd. Okay, that's the first Midrash. Second Midrash, a Midrash in Vayikrar Rabah, describes the following even more perplexing statement. Acharei Adonai Elohechem Telechu." the Pasuk in Devarim says, we should walk after God, Kivyacho, How do you walk after God, says the Midrash? The Torah also says, we're supposed to cleave to him. How do you cleave to God? The Torah describes him as being this sublime manifestation of fire, How are you cleaving to him? So that's the Midrash, now you have to understand this in more of a theoretical sense. Take it from being, make it a little more abstract. Okay, how abstract? So that's the Midrash, the beginning creation world, the world, God initially planted. God planted this garden in Eden. So to you, When the Torah says, "Walk in the ways of God," when you enter into Israel, make sure in mimicking God, you plant. Is that what it's about? Are we just missing out? I mean, I'm not a botanist. I'm an aspiring botanist, but I'm not a botanist. Am I? Am I missing out on this mitzvah of, uh, of walking in the ways of God? Do I need to actually be planting a garden? What is it? about the ground and the crops and these mitzvot and about planting trees and gardens and ground-like stuff that the hachamim are hinting at in some way or fashion is the ideal. That's what we have up against us to try to decipher from the pisukim and themes as they develop in Sefer Bereshit. Okay, so now to the very beginning of humanity. Adam and Havar created, placed in this Gan Eden. What's their job there? What are they purposed to do? Our job, our purpose was to work the ground. And Pasuk over there as well is a description which we discussed in the past, that the crops had not yet grown because there was no man, there was no humanity to work the ground, which means our purpose, as described by the Torah in some cryptic fashion, because it's hard to believe life was and is supposed to actually just be a gardening experience, is to work the ground. What a failed mission. We work the ground and quickly fail with the ground, right? We eat from Eitz sadaat and are banished from this garden. And in fact, upon being banished from the garden, from Gan Eden, God turns to Adam and Hava and specifically to Adam at this point in Bereshit Peregimal and says, since you listened to your wife and ate from this tree, you want to know what the future beholds? The ground will now be arura. It will be cursed. We're already, hopefully, thinking to ourselves, but what were the rabbis telling us? The rabbis were talking about the greatness of the ground. It's big punishment. <laughs> the punishment is the ground is cursed. Are you telling me, source two? Source one, that the greatest moments that we'll experience our planting, our harvesting, are fulfilling misphot of the ground. I thought the ground is cursed. Unless in some way the cursed ground creates a challenge for us. But what is that challenge? What's this all about? Keep in mind as well, we are created from both Ruach and Afar as we've discussed in the past. Yeah. We come from the ground. Yeah. To a certain extent Adam and Adama are very much together. Human beings are Adam because we are made Afar Minha Adama. Cultivating the ground means in some way tapping into ourselves. That's an interesting perspective. It's a failed mission with a future of cursed ground. Okay. How do things progress? Okay, it's got to get better from here, doesn't it? No, anything but better. It only goes downward and further downward. The next Perek has the birth of the first two children, Cain and Hevel. One kills the other. Cain, of course, kills Hevel. In an act of fatricide, he's jealous of his brother. Why is he jealous of Hevel? Because Hevel's minha was accepted. His offering to God was accepted, whereas Cain's was not. Why not? What was the difference between their offerings? The Torah gives very few clues as to the difference. The hachamim try to piece them together, but when it comes down to it, it's cryptic, it's difficult. What do we know about what they did? Cain brings from his vocation, which is working the ground, and Hevel brings from animals, which is what he does. We have two typologies already emerging. We have the person who works the cursed ground, and we have the individual who veers off and deals with animals. Which one does God accept? The animals. Stay away from the ground. Didn't I tell you the ground is cursed? You, what a chutzpah. Haram. You're working the ground? What do you think you are? You think you're above my curse? That's Cain and Hevil Evil, not only curse, but evil is now being associated with ground. But, but Murder. To to ground. Indeed, is that all you're going to do? What's going to be your ikar profession? The ground or are you going to be a herder? You're going to be a shepherd? The description already seems to be one which is tilting us toward shepherding, not working the ground. After all, Cain was the one who worked the ground. Stay away from that. Okay, so you might say we're done with this. The future is is bright up ahead, not bleak any longer. The end of Parashat Bereshit, there's a very cryptic passage in Bereshit Perik Vav, here in number six. The Torah describes a moment in time during which humanity seems to have gone maybe to one of its lowest depths. Not fully clear what was done, but something regarding male and female and some sort of dominating facet from the males, but how is it specifically described in the Torah? Vayhi ki hechel ha'adam larov, it happened when man began to become great, alpene on the face of, not the earth, but the ground. And they go to the women and take Mikola Sherbaharu. Difficult description. But God's reaction is very telling. God says, God, I can't stand this any longer. 120 years will be to a certain extent the max of the life of mankind. Evil, wrongdoing. The inappropriate approaches are again identified with. Adama, the ground. But isn't that who we are? Isn't that what we're striving for to a certain extent? Indeed, when Noah is born, in Bereshit Pereke, Pasuk Chavtet, why is he named Noah? Va'yikra'et Noah Lemor. is milashon nechama, the Pasuk says, he will give us the consolation, or rather the consolement. Mima'asenu from our difficulty... Min asher Adonai. Noah will bring about an easier life regarding the ground. There's a future for us. Cain couldn't hack it. Adam couldn't hack it. Who's going to do it? Noah. He will bring us Hama from the ground. Indeed, Rashi quotes from the Midrash. It's Noah in the eyes of the Chachamim who creates the first plows and tools to cultivate the ground. Says Rashi, from the hachamim, now the ground is, it was kotz Dardar, it's destroyed afterwards. Noah, initially, he's 600 years when he goes on to the teva. Those first 600 years, he was an inventor as per the hachamim. He's creating tools for the ground, and as a result, we're circumventing, that's an important word, the issue of thorn and thistle of kotz One more time, with a mashal before back. Here's the circumstance. There are kids, this is not a true story, but let's pretend it's a true story. There are kids who are stealing tests from the school. Very, very true. No, not true, not here. <laughs> so there are kids who are stealing tests from the school. It's certainly not what we want them to be doing. So as a result, we lock up the tests. All tests and finals are in a vault. Now the kids are now faced with a more daunting task they had an easier time getting to those tests which was wrongful and as a result there were all sorts of wrongful you know you know there were suspensions and expulsions and all sorts of stuff of that so now the kids devised a new plan we know a way to get into the vault without getting caught right i'm not telling a true story i'm just describing Noah in our terminology Here's the circumstance, the ground in some ways being associated with negative. It's bringing, for some reason, which we haven't determined yet, humanity to the lowest of the low. Noah comes around and the hope is through Noah. He'll save us from these difficulties. What does he do? He just makes it easier to involve ourselves in the ground. That's not he right. Tools, right. Why tools? Instead, run from the ground. Find a heavier lifestyle. Noah, who in the eyes of the Chachamim does create the tools, does bring a certain ease of working the ground. Does he save humanity? Certainly not. It's Noah that it's during his lifetime that we have the mabul. The entirety of the land and humanity is, Ki hishchit kol basaret or Kola the ground has not saved us because it's easier to work it we've only plunged deeper through a greater ease in the ground Noah, in the eyes of the Chachamim by getting into the ground and making working the ground easier has only broken into that vault and not gotten caught he's only brought more evil amongst us without solving anything okay if we're to stop here in Bereshit, theme, themes in the narrative of Bereshit, if we stopped in Perik, hey, Perik Bereshit, I, all I can tell you is don't be a gardener at the very least, right? That much I know. Why? I have no idea yet. Um, what are we to say of the gardeners? I don't know. Stay away from it. Let Anthony do it. You shouldn't have, be involved. Yeah, in you know. Lebanon right? And in Lebanon you have why shouldn't it? Right, so before you tell your friend not to do this, before you tell them not to do it, give the Torah more of a chance A, to explain to us really what lies at the core of this issue. It's not can't just be gardening, there's not something inherently wrong in working the ground. In fact, the hachamim were praising working the ground, it's what God did. What is it? And secondly, when do these matters change? Well, they haven't changed yet in last week's parashah. The beginning of last week's parashah, here in source number 10, describes Ya'akov and Esav. Each one of them, their early life, chose a different uh, approach. Esav is a Asayid Ish Sade. What's he doing? Agriculturalist farmer he expected that didn't we we well, you know the wicked ones seem to be involved with the ground what's yaakov doing yaakov is an ishtam yoshev ohalim and yoshev ohalim of course rashi says he was studying torah the pashtanim the simple interpretation is as i put an 11 from ibn ezra the pasuk says in bereshit perikdale the description of a yoshev ohil umikne To dwell in a tent means that you're involved with mikneh. Those who are shepherding need to dwell in in tents in order to watch their flock. So Yaakov, in short, is a shepherd. We expected that as well. The good guy is the shepherd. The bad guy is the agriculturalist. I'm sorry, we always know that Jacob spends his day praying, that's all. The Torah never describes that. The Chachamim described that. I mean, come on, he must have been doing something. When he's with Lavan, he certainly knows how to do things. Yoshev oil is a description of a shepherd. He might have time for contemplation, for connection, for prayer. But when it comes down to what's he doing, he's a shepherd. In fact, Abraham was a shepherd. We know that from his fight with Lot. There's the Ro'eh Avraham and there's the Ro'eh Lot and Bereshit Berek Yod and that's how they split ways. So we kind of, and as a matter of fact, and we've talked about this in the past as well, Lot raises his eyes when they split and what does he see in Sedom? Fertile land. Kichulah Mashkeh. reminds him of Egypt. What did they do in Egypt? They used the Nile and planted. Bad guys plant. Good guys? Shepherd. How Interesting. In fact, when the children of Ya'akov, whom we know are shepherds, right, the whole story with Yosef, and they split, and they make their way down to Egypt when they re-encounter Yosef. After many years separated, Yosef says, here's the plan, guys. I want you to come down, and this is what you're going to do, and this is what you're going to say. And when you come in, in source number 12, make sure when Paro approaches you, this is what you say to him. Tell him, we are shepherds since we were children until now we have been our fathers, our forefathers so you get a secluded land because in Egypt they hate shepherds bad guys of Egypt, certainly in the eyes of the Torah, and I've said it many times, I'm sorry to the Egyptians amongst us, Egypt in Torah terminology and thought is the evil place. What do they do there? They work the ground. What are the good guys doing? They're shepherding. It's only mounting the evidence against gardening. What does this all mean? What is the Torah teaching us with this? What's more, is there's a fundamental paradigm shift, unexpectedly. It starts with Yosef. What's Yosef's dreams to his brothers? One of them is, We were collecting sheaves in the field. Collecting sheaves? That's not what we do. That's what the Egyptians do. Yosef is prophesying through his dream a descent to Egypt. There's already amongst the, amidst the sons of Yaakov some notion which must have been jarring about working the ground. I bring you out of Bereshit now for a moment to Moshe's first direct encounter as described in the Torah with God. He encounters him in this area which became known as Hara Elohim Shemot Perekima Pasuke And God says to him immediately, Shall Na take your shoes off. Why? Because the ground, the place which you're stepping on is Admat Kodeshu, Sacred ground? Oxymoron. Impossible! Ground isn't sacred. Ground is cursed. What's happening? Clearly, it can't be a description of an essence when we talked about cursed ground. Clearly, the bad and good guys that are lining up, there's something under, what's more, is I left out one of the Avot conspicuously. I talked about Abraham, I talked about Yaakov, I talked about the sons of Yaakov. Who did I skip? Yitzhak, what did Yitzhak do? Well, there's a few pesukim that seem to tell us explicitly and implicitly. One is when he encounters his future wife Rivkah at the end of Parashat Hayesara. The pasuk describes Yitzchak basadeh, and again, indeed, the rabbis say he was praying. But what's Peshat? What's the simple interpretation of the words lasuach basade The Chachamim understand it as milashon sihat ki atov Adonai He's speaking. He's praying. Uh, the simple interpretation, though, sadeh means field, and lasuah, as Rashbam points out, reminds us of a pasuk we saw just a few sources ago. V'chol siyah hasadeh were the words in Bereshit, Perik Bet. V'chol siyah hasadeh terem yitzmach. Siyah hasadeh refers to the sproutlings, the things that grow in the field. Yitzhak is going out, as Rashbam suggests, to plant trees and to oversee his agricultural mission. Can you believe it? What a guy against his family's profession. What's more, and this one's explicit, that one's kind of hidden away, in source 16 in Pereshit, Perek Chavav, Yitzhak makes his way to a place called Gerar and we'll come back to Pasuk Elf and Bet in just a moment. In Gerar he finds a lot of success. Doing what? Pasuk Yod Bet va'yizra ba'aretz ba'shana Adonai What's va'yizra? He seeds the ground. He plants. Shema Yisrael. Yitzhak, what are you doing? Don't work the ground. We don't do that but God's blessing him. He has hundredfold success. Is he grading towards the, the ground? I don't know yet. What I do know so far is that the ground is associated with that. What's its hot doing there? What did we notice though? We did notice that Moshe and Yosef kind of break this paradigm a little. Yosef who brings us to Egypt which of course is the precursor to Israel. You needed arba me'od You needed your servitude prior to Israel. Moshe Anhara Elohim is a description of outside of Egypt, kind of the mission forward discovers admat kodesh. In fact, think about the Torah in Sefer Devarim. Think about source number one. Think about the mitzvot teluyotva va'aretz. What were we to do in Israel? What do we do in Israel aside from technology? We work the ground. We have Maaser, we have Shemitah, we have Peah, we have Terumah, we have Halah, we have all sorts of mitzvot, which are ground-like mitzvot. In fact, Yitzhak of the Avot, of the forefathers, is the individual who never leaves Israel. That's the Pesukim over here right at the beginning of Perek Chavav. He wants to go down to Egypt. God stops him during the time of famine and says, don't go down. Rashi, quoting from the Chachamim, says Yitzhak wasn't allowed to leave Egypt. When do we know he did, excuse me, Israel. When did he not leave Israel as well? To find his wife. Whereas Yaakov goes out to find his wife. Avraham sends his slave and keeps Yitzhak back at home. Yitzhak throughout is different than the others. He's the outlier. He's the one who, in the eyes of the hachameen, he's mitat ha What does mean mitat adin? He's the strict letter of the law individual. You know those types of people? You know you're in a crowd of people, and everyone's kind of giving in to a certain social norm. And then you have the person, the guy or the girl, who kind of stand apart. You know they're right in what they're doing, but they just don't fit in. You know, can't you be a little more flexible? Can't you fit yourself into this crowd and be... That's not Yitzhak. Yitzhak, maybe from the time of the Akedah, maybe that's what put him in this uh, predicament. He always and throughout stands for this, and in the eyes of the rabbi certainly, this strict letter of the law situation. Yitzhak is that precursor of what's to come. He understands it. He stands by the ground. But if we're to now take one giant step back and take this large vision of what we've created, of what we've noticed over the course of Sefer Bereshit and the beginning of Shemot with thoughts of Devarim, we're utterly confused. On the one hand, Arura Adama, ground is cursed. It brings evil and murder and destruction, on the one hand. On the other hand, Yitzhak, Eres Yisrael, ground. Moshe Admat Kodesh, ground. Those Midrashim we began with, the greatness of the ground. What is the secret to this enigmatic ground? Intention the way we ground it? Of course. Has something to do, says Sally, with our intentions. Has something to do with who we are as human beings. And we've discussed it at the beginning here and should always discuss it. Man and woman come from ground. Working the ground means working yourself. What do I mean by working yourself? Well, if you take a look here in source number 18, these Pesukim from Devarim Perekhet, Moshe warns the people. He says to Am Yisrael, you're about to be up against a tremendous challenge. The challenge is living in Israel. What do you mean? Israel's fantastic. It's a land where I'll feel a closeness to God. No, here's the challenge. You're going to work the ground. You're going to amass wealth and you will lose perspective if you're not careful. If you in that land are toiling the ground, succeeding, you know what you might end up seeing? Your own strength. You might lose your sense of dependency. You might lose your perspective and vision of what it means to have a relationship with God. You might think fully and completely about your own successes. When you work the ground, placing that seed in, putting the water on, toiling it, caring for it, and then bring forth a fruit, you know what the tendency is. Who succeeded over here? Who fulfilled this mission? Me. When you have to run after an animal, no matter how small its brain, no matter how low its intelligence, the fact that I have to care for it, the fact that I have to constantly be thinking where is it going, what does it need and how do I fulfill those needs, it imbues within me a responsibility but a perspective of dependency. It gives me a certain humble status in which I understand I'm not in charge. But isn't that a fascinating realization? Isn't that what's taking place throughout the Torah in its description? And I'll bring you from beginning to end with a little in the middle again. We begin in Sefer Bereshit. The mission is stated clearly. Work the ground. Understand you come from the ground, but understand in turn what it means to face a challenge and succeed at it. You can work the ground and not see yourself, but connect to me through the ground. Take the ADHD and apply it positively. Take the dyslexia and don't just overcome it, use it to propel you to greater strengths. Why is it that we have bodies and not just souls? Because if we understand the potential inherent in our bodies, if we're to only purpose it in the direct... Uh, uh, focus it directly. What could lay there as a potential? In fact, right, the Torah describes so many times, and then one day it says, "It's God sees it when he looks at all creation. It's Tov Meod." And the Chachamim has this famous but strange and cryptic statement: Tov means Yetzer HaTov. Tov Meod means Yetzer Hara. It's very good to have an evil inclination. Absolutely, overcoming a challenge seeing that challenge, staring it in the eyes and then using it for success is what it's all about obscuring it or getting around it finding a shortcut so Lord that you doing don't doing deal <laughs> with it never gives you the full growth so all of Sefer Bereshit which is the book of beginnings describes the early nascent stages of humanity and of Am Israel. how do you raise your child? When we raise children, when children are children, we keep them away from the difficult and daunting challenges. Give them circumstances, build them a context wherein they'll see the appropriate stages of growth through a careful and meticulous way. You keep away the too daunting challenges. Wait for when they're older. Wait until they mature into into adulthood. THEN they can face down those challenges when their children keep them away from it. Avraham and Ya'akov, much like B'nai Ya'akov, are shepherds. We focus ourselves on that dependency. Working the ground is It's too hard, it's arura We mindful pray to its challenges. Yitzchak is the outlier. He says, are you kidding me? There's a challenge to be met? I'm going to meet it, I'm going to work the ground, and I'm going to get the b'rachaf from Hashem. I'm going to stay in Eretz Yisrael, which is our future. And of course, moving into Eretz Yisrael is the, is the state in which our nation comes to its full mat- maturity. It's the moment and time during which God turns to Am Yisrael and says, guys, it's time. It's time. Leave the shepherding aside. Work the ground now. In fact, you know, in Parashat Matot, there's this description of B'nei Gad and B'nei Reuven where, is it Matot or Masayim? B'nei Gad and B'nei Reuven who have a lot of flock and they want to settle in Ever Hayardin outside of Israel and Moshe has this scathing response to them. He slams them, are you serious? And he invokes the a and describes them. the tragedy and travesty that they're bringing about. Really? I mean, they just had flock. They just want room for their flock. They just had a request. But Moshe, in my mind, if you read the Pesukim carefully, is telling them, Guys, wrong stage in life. We're ready for a challenge. Stop with the flock. We're no longer in the kain and Hevel circumstance. Now it's time for a challenge. Now we're going to work the ground. The Meragilim couldn't see this. They felt overwhelmed by the land, by the ground. Now it's time to go for it. In fact, it's what the hachamim describe in source number 19, Gemara sotan, Daf da Gemara says, what was it that Moshe wanted? Why did he need to enter into Erez Yisrael? All he wanted to do was to enter. He seems to say that explicitly. What's so great about entering? Says so the Gemara, was he interested in eating its delicious fruits? Come on, this is Moshe Rabbeinu. Says the Gemara, I'll tell you what he wanted. El Moshe there are many mitzvot that are called mitzvot ba'aret. listen to the challenge and the success if done well of mitzvot, ba'aret. mitzvot that are contingent on the ground I'm taking the ground which has that propensity to lead me astray the danger of the ground of seeing myself and what am I doing to the ground? turning it into Admat Kodesh I'm repurposing it I'm directing it toward God I'm saying that I see mitzvot in the ground. I don't see myself, I see God. I see in my physicality, in another sense, the potential to serve appropriately. I see in my propensity to get angry the possibility to use that passion for positive. I see in my sensitivities the possibility of understanding people better. I see in my hyperactivity the possibility of accomplishing more. I see in the negatives of Yetzer Hara, the possibility, the potential for challenge for Yetzer HaTob, for translating it into the positive trajectory. And I bring you back to the Midrashim we began with and they're understood. Now come Homer, the description of the world being created for the mitzvot of Hala, comes from grain. Bikurim, fruits of the trees. Maaser, grain, that's what creation was all about. Your job, Le'ovda'u shomrah. But do this appropriately. Turn it into mitzvot. Bereshit. And we said, what an anticlimactic statement. The Torah was, the world was created for the Torah, I get. But for these mitzvot, yeah, it's about the challenge. It's about the challenge of humanity. About seeing not yourself, but God. In all those moments when you could be seeing yourself. And that Midrash as well, which describes us walking in the ways of God. He plants, so you plant. Yeah, no more shepherding. Plant be able to find him in that circumstance so the theme of the class was challenges what does it mean to meet a challenge it's not to avoid it it's not to get around it it's It's to stare it in the eyes and to use it while repurposing it in the positive and appropriate direction